that is one of the most God-given traits you need to succeed mm -hmm. as an addictive personality because it's really called the ability to be obsessed. Yes. And, and, the, and the, science, the science of achievement has three steps. And the very first step is be obsessed. Mm -hmm. and, if, and so I'm almost more nervous for people that are epically super balanced. That, yeah. that don't get obsessed in anything. They keep themselves very even. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm almost more worried for them when it comes to success than for the ones that can fly off the rails. Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. All right, here in the studio with my guy, Clark Harrison. I'm going to intro him and then bring him on. I actually just finished. I decided to go run a mile as fast as I could because I didn't know if I've like lost a step. I ended up doing a 639, which I'm excited about, but I am like dripping sweat. And so I'm down in the basement where it's coldest. No mics. We're out here on the MacBooks. We're just doing it raw, real, unedited, uncensored, kind of like a porn. Oh, got your attention. That's for my friends. So we have the joy. But uh, Clark is a guy who's been an inspiration to me since I started. Actually, I met him through our network marketing business. I didn't see a whole lot of guys like me in the business. And then I found Clark. I'm like, this guy seems pretty cool. He's a musician. He he now does this opportunity. He's a sharp guy. And uh, I remember connecting with him early on. He's been a, an inspiration for me since the beginning. He's also a guy, if I could like define Clark in one sentence it would be it would be clark is someone who when he gets focused on something he channels his energy towards it he puts blinders on and he just makes it happen and i've seen him do that in our in our network marketing business i've seen him do that in real estate and beyond and he's an epic husband and and dad like the family he's grown and his story is is very inspirational but clark i want to invite you on to getting magnetic thanks for being here brother thanks dude good to see you and uh thanks for the the really kind words in this intro man yeah. Yeah. So actually to start, this is a great question for you. The, the podcast is getting magnetic. The theme this month is, is quantum leaps, exponential growth. We'll get there. But if you could define what does getting magnetic mean to you? Oh, that's actually, I love that because that's one of the, one of the things I like most about your podcast has the, has been the title ever since the beginning. It's one of the first things that I, that I noticed. And it's because to me, getting magnetic means having everything to do with um, managing and exercising your energy, which could sound a little woo-woo to some people, but I don't mean it woo-woo. I mean that it's something that if you intentionally work on and you intentionally, you intentionally focus your thoughts and energy, like just be excited, just be this, be that, be these feelings, what's going to happen is that's what's going out there. And that's how people see you and feel you. And therefore, that's how they respond back. So you can kind of life hack yourself in a magnetic way by, by being upbeat, by being vibrant, loud, 
not abrasive, but loud, uh, high energy, the, the light in the room, smile big, look in people's eyes, you know, breathe life, be animated, be enthusiastic, perform if you want to call it that. And even if it feels inauthentic in the beginning, what's going to happen is it's going to become your personality. And guess what? You're attracted to people like that. And guess what? People are attracted to people like that. And what's going to happen is you're going to end up accidentally pulling the best out of people, therefore magnetizing that what you want to see more by being it first. So getting magnetic is really just like um, is taking initiative and responsibility and exercising your being. And what will happen is it will reflect outward and you will see it around you everywhere. I love it. I heard this quote and I know you'll resonate with it. And it, it kind of might touch on the uh, the quantum theme and the quantum field. But I, I heard it. I don't know where it came from, but energy is everything. And everything is energy. And so being magnetic or getting magnetic is like, what energy are you putting out there? Because you're going to send that vibration out. And everything around you, even this MacBook we're on, the walls in front of me, they seem like this just matter, this solid stuff, right? No, it's just energy. Everything is. It's just tons of molecules moving really, 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 really fast. And so the energy you emit gets received by the, the world around you, people, everything, and it kind of gives back the energy you put out there. And so that's been, you know, it's been a study of mine, and I know yours too over the years, but that's kind of I heard that quote, I was like, whoa. And that's when you realize when you're in that flow state, when you're in high vibration, life is just clicking, life is flowing. People are coming to you, opportunities are coming to you. Your reticular activating system is activated. You're like, you just see opportunity different. You're like, whoa, I need to connect with that person. I need to go chase that deal. I need to whatever. So I know me- It feels like it's happening by accident. I, you know, the yeah. thing is you're doing it right. You just feel like you're getting lucky. Mm -hmm. And people perceive it as that. And it's really not that at all. It's that you can't actually perceive the quantum field. Mm -hmm. And so the thing like, with, like if you're scientific minded and you go, oh, this woo woo stuff, this law of attraction stuff, I dare anybody to look into the science behind it. Because mm -hmm. if you actually get into quantum physics and understand the, the, the implications of the reality of this type of physics, that's really what changed my mind. It's It wasn't just like you watch the movie, The Secret, and you go, that's it, I believe it. That wasn't <laughs> enough for me. Like I had to actually, I watched The Secret and I go, is this real? And then I watched What the Bleep Do We Know? And then I listened to Joe Dispenza. And then I got deep into the science. And the mm -hmm. science, I'm like, holy bleep, this is real. Like yeah. this is, nothing's actually anything. And it's funny you said that. I, literally two nights ago, I put my wife to sleep. We were in bed, totally awake. And I started, I went off on a quantum thing where I'm like, babe, guess what? You know how when you, you teach kids, right? You know how atoms you think are like these little balls. And when you see molecules, they're attached by sticks, right? Well, mm -hmm. the sticks don't exist. They're actually just, they're magnetized to yeah. each other. They're attracted to each other because they vibrate the same. They shake the same. And guess what? Atoms aren't really balls. They're more like bubbles. Yeah. They're clear. Then what the shell of the bubble is really just electrons spinning so quick, it looks like a shell. And inside is empty. In fact, it's so empty that there's a nucleus in the middle. And the nucleus is so small that if it was the same size of a grain of rice, the outer limits would be a football stadium. Well, that's how much space, empty spaces and atoms. And guess what? Even that nucleus pops in and out of existence. It's not solid. So nothing is solid. And the only reason why you think something is solid when you touch it, nothing actually touches. They repel. 
They repel so yeah. close that it feels like it's touching. If atoms actually do touch for real, it's called a nuclear explosion. Yes. And it's terrifying. Yeah. So we live in this shaky vibration of nothingness that is held together by frequencies that are just like each other, that repel other ones that are slightly off, which means if you take control of your inner being, that emotions, by the way, are vibrations. Mm -hmm. So if you can manage them correctly, you vibrate at a different level. Therefore, you attract and magnetize yourself to different things. It's straight up science. It's not woo-woo. It's real. And do you guys see what I'm talking about, Clark? I'm gonna We're going to get to your story before we do, where when I said once, that's just uh, something that Clark decided to focus on one night after he put his wife to bed and just probably went down a rabbit hole for like four or five hours and came out of it clear on something. Once Clark, Clark is a person, and I want to touch on something before we hit record. Once he sets his mind to it, like he just goes in on it and then ultimately makes it happen because he's operating in that space and that vibration. And I love what we kind of what you empowered before we hit record. But you said this, and this is probably going to hit with some people and I think really help some people. But you're like, I just realized, like, as an adult, I'm actually an addict because I was like, Clark, you're someone who just once you set your mind to it, you focus on it, you become obsessed with it, and then you bring it to life and make it happen. And you said, I'm an addict. I just channel it into things that whatever I decide to do. Like, what were we talking about? Like, help the audience understand kind of that concept. Yeah, well, we were talking about getting magnetic and, uh, and taking quantum leaps in things. Mm -hmm. And, and um, we touched on exercise and we, we touched on business and stuff. And, and, and I was just, I just blatantly shared that, that I, I've come to a realization that feels icky, but I'm, I'm not too ashamed by it that, mm -hmm. that I have an addictive personality. Like I, I am an addict, but I'm lucky that I haven't channeled that into, you know, hardcore drugs or anything super yeah. destructive. Right. And, and, and of course you're always at risk of channeling it into destructive things, but you have to mind that. The thing is, is if you have that type of personality, it's not a bad thing. And I really want to speak to those people that maybe do have that addictive personality. Um, that maybe struggle with it because you might unfortunately have not controlled it and it might be not serving you in some ways, right? But don't let that write your don't let that mean you're going to write yourself off because actually that is one of the most that is one of the most God-given traits you need to succeed mm -hmm. as an addictive personality because it's really called the ability to be obsessed. Yeah. And and the and the science. The science of achievement has three steps. And the very first step is be obsessed. Mm -hmm. and, if, and so I'm almost more nervous for people that are epically super balanced, that, yeah. that don't get obsessed in anything. They keep themselves very even. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm almost more worried for them when it comes to success than for the ones that can fly off the rails. Because yeah. the fly off the rails on something, people, if you can get discipline behind it, and that's where the challenge comes, if you can channel it, like Wade said correctly, you can make you can be in the best shape you've ever been in your life. You can you can have your house more clean than any other. You can have wild success in any career you've ever done, and you can learn about something to an expert level if you have passion for it. So it's really just channeling it. Yeah. So you know, and this isn't to undermine or demean anyone. Like alcoholism is a real thing. Addiction is a real thing. We're not saying, oh, you're using it wrong. It what, what we're trying to empower is actually, I believe everyone has an addictive personality to an extent. It's a spectrum, some much more apparent than others. Some 
it's much more powerful than others. Some are more well-balanced. And I realize I, I don't believe I have an addictive personality, but I realize I have things I'm addicted to in life. Like for example, exercise and CrossFit, because I think anything you take away from me, and of course, like my family and whatever, that's kind of separate, right? But anything you take away from me and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to live without it, whatever it like, I'm like, hmm, probably addicted to that. Could I go a year without doing it? That would be really hard, et cetera. So what I realize in the, is it's a spectrum and yeah, it's, it's okay. I have an addictive personality. Let me empower that. Where can I channel it? What if I channel it into that person I want to be and something I want to create? One really important thing that I need to touch on. Everyone needs to look up Rupert Sheldrake. And what he talks about, if you haven't heard of him, I'm sure a lot of you people that are into um, like kind of more alternative views on things have. He's in one of the most brilliant minds. But Rupert Sheldrake talks about how how um, addiction, like people are addicted. When people think of the word addiction, they think of drugs and alcohol first. They yeah. think of those type of, of toxins first. Mm-hmm. But then the after the, the shell outside of that is, well, you can also be addicted to work. You could be addicted to sex. You could be addicted to um exercise you can be addicted to and you can channel into good things but the most one that flies under the radar which is the most important is addicted to emotional states Mm. for example i guarantee because it's called conditioning in your brain and there's movies that talk about this like what the bleep do we know for example imagine someone who's been a victim and they've used the story of their victimhood to fulfill some sort of something. They use it. They use it for themselves. Now, imagine they decide one day, I'm not going to be a victim anymore. Well, after however many years of being that way, the cells in your body are addicted to the chemicals released from your brain from the emotion of feeling like a victim. And if you stop, start starving yourself of that, you will actually go into withdrawal and be destructive in your life and cause situations to be a victim because you've tried to stop it. People are addicted to emotional states. And if you haven't noticed it, look at anyone. You are and everyone is. Think about it. Because someone who's used to being like, woe is me, and then they want to change their life, I guarantee a month after that, they they, uh, relapse and have some sort of problem again. And it's not that there's a problem. It's because the cells in the body have been starved. Because every time you feel an emotion... Hormones are released from your brain through the body. They they go into the cells through like they like little keys into a lock, and then the cells get what they need. And then when cells die, they reproduce themselves. And those cells that reproduce themselves have receptor sites that are expecting what the body has been giving it. So they're reproducing cells that have more sites for victimhood or more sites for depression or more receptor sites for these types of emotions. So what you have to do is understand if you're going to change your emotional state and, and, and Joe Dispenza talks about this. And it's one of the things about changing your life is that you have to understand that if you're going to change these emotional habits in yourself of feeling like a victim, depressed, woe is me, whatever, these bad things that aren't serving you or I'm poor, or I'm broke, these types of things that, that flood your body with hormones. When you stop doing that, you're going to have a period where your body's craving it because all the cells in your body have been expecting it. And you have to let the, you have to push because what will happen is those cells will die and they'll be replaced with ones that don't know that you felt like a victim. And within seven years, you have, all cells in your body have been rejuvenated within seven years. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not the same physical person as you were seven years ago. Wow. Brain, bone, every tissue in your body has been. Completely- you're saying automatically in seven years or if you choose to change. If your you can mentality. stick with a new personality, 
for yeah. seven years, you will never go back to the old one because every cell in your body is now imprinted with the expectation of the new you, okay. not the old one. Wow. Not the old one that's craving the bad habits. It will yeah. only be memory. So you gotta be careful, you gotta you gotta starve those cells from those bad bad emotions. I just realized I'm I, I'm addicted to certain emotions and more what I think about it, just like what comes to me is I'm kind of addicted to endorphins and dopamine. I, I go for those things. It's exercise. I get an endorf, endorphin rush. I get dopamine. I jump in my cold plunge every morning. I get a dopamine hit. I drink a cup of coffee. I love the taste. I love the routine. I get a small little dopamine hit. Even I throw out some fire flames content out there. I got a thousand likes on it. It's a dopamine hit. I realize dopamine and endorphins, which are happiness hormones, and it makes you feel good. Like I'm a kind of high energy, positive, high vibration. Cause when I'm not that I, I crave it, I go seek it. I go, what can I do? Can I cold plunge? Can I work out? Can I grab a cup of coffee? Can I put up some content, whatever? Like, how do I get the dopamine hit? Cause like, you've starved yourself long enough to where yeah. you're like, no, no, no. I'm used to getting this more often. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Luckily you have good habits, man. But imagine the people that are used to feeling like everything's against them. Right, right. And all of a sudden they tell, because I, I dealt with this in, in my network marketing business, where there's a lot of people that are so used to feeling like the world's against them. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they're like, no, I'm making a change. I'm standing up. I'm do make it. Oh, well, how long can you stick with that? Because yeah. what's going to happen is if you stop feeling like the world's against you, all the cells in your body are expecting that emotion. And if you don't give it to them, they're going to, you will subconsciously, if you don't stay present enough, and intentional enough, you're you will unintentionally, subconsciously create problems, become destructive, blow up at somebody, have ru ruin something just to feel like that again. It's wow. sick okay, and it's true. Okay, well, I uh, I'm obsessed with this topic. I, I'm gonna we'll give a resource. This is uh, Joe Dispenza's book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. You can read that, learn a lot more on it, or hit up Clark or what was his name, Rupert. Rupert Sheldrake talks a lot about this too. Rupert Sheldrake to go literally change your personality. We're, we've gone completely out of order, but this is how Clark and I roll. We just get into flow states and where, wherever it goes, it goes. Clark, I want, I know uh, some of your story, not all of it. I want the audience, everyone listening to hear like, who is Clark, your story? And with an emphasis on where have you turned like failure or hardship or trauma into kind of wins or triumph how have you grown from it and then where have you taken quantum leaps in your life in the various areas up to today almost just like whatever comes i want to hear all about it so let me uh so so we're talking about quantum leaps yeah let's let's focus on that and i'm going to make them quick because you know we don't have all the time in the world right mm -hmm. so um it, it honestly did start when i was really young um i i i wasn't the kind of kid that got caught up in having friends and playing sports and doing all those things I actually was really socially awkward, I may have a touch of autism, believe it or not. Um, and uh, I definitely had a learning disability. So I was always weird with people. I never, I was like a loner. And mm -hmm. so I, I started pouring myself into like work. Like I started working at a young age and, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm going to be an actor, right? Because when you're a kid, you're influenced by TV. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to be one of those people. And I and talk my first quantum leap was I started doing plays at the age of 12 and 13 and 14. So I'm like, I'm doing like musical theater. And then I'm like, no, I want to be on TV. So immediately I started auditioning for TV shows. 
My second audition was a show called uh, Moolah Beach. It was the precursor to Survivor. So it was Survivor for kids. Mm. I got it. Got yeah, that's perfect for you. Somehow got on it and won the whole thing. No way. Can I watch this? Yeah, it's online. You got to send 15 it. 15 years old, won a $50,000 prize at the age of 15, wow. won all the money, didn't get voted off, you know, all that stuff and, and won the whole thing. And then after that, I'm like, I'm going to be a musician. And then they're like, sure, whatever you say. And uh, three years and, uh, and in school, I never paid attention to school. I was like a C student. And in every school, I was just like, and, and so for, for two years, two and a half years, we had this band. We're just playing locally. But I remember in school, all I did was daydream in school. And I saw the same thing in every class in my mind. And I would replay it over and over and over because it made me feel good. And I blocked out the world around me, which is important. And the and what I would see was walking out on this big stage. I had my guitar. I would come out and there would be this endless sea of flashes. And and it was crazy. And I'd put my hand up and it would just be crazy. And then we'd like, boom, start rocking out, right? Literally two years after of rehearsing that in my mind, we were on an arena tour with All American Rejects, Fall Out Boy, um, all of them playing around the world to stadiums for like a year and a half straight. Incredible. And How old were you at this point? Nine, 18, 19. Wow. Wow. And so after that, I was and so the point is, is I learned very quickly, you can do anything you want to do. Um, you don't have to be smart. You don't have to be these things. You have to know how to obsess about something and block out everything else. Because mm -hmm. all I did was uh, nothing except blinders with that thought. It, here's the crazy thing is not that I thought like, okay, that's my goal. So let me get to work. Yeah. It was, that's my goal. And I rehearsed the goal in my mind every single day. I spent more time obsessing about the end result than the work it was going to take to get there. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of think problems, what people do now as adults, they have a goal. They get excited about the goal. They start the pursuit towards the goal, but then they get wrapped up in the to-do and they get focused on the work, 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 the progress, progress. And I would ask someone, how often have you thought about that goal? Oh. I bet you know it. If you tell me what the goal is, I bet you can tell it to me. But how often do you rehearse it? How often do you feel the end result? How often do you feel the end every day? Mm. I bet weeks can go by where you're just working on it and all you're attracting is more work. Mm. It's, an, it's a good reminder track. to me. That's such a good reminder to me because I know the power of visualization, having the goal, of course, have, making it big. Ed Milet said recently, you're not as far away from that big dream as you think, but you're creating the space. How close or how far are you? And But rehearsing it every day, and it brings me back to like Muhammad Ali would, would literally call like, I'm going to knock this guy out in the third round. And then it would happen. And people, the reporters would be like, how did you know that? He goes, because I fought the fight in my mind a thousand times before I even stepped in the ring. And it's just like, so when your body has been there and it comes back to the quantum field and energy and everything and every cell in your body and the atoms and <laughs> everything around you is like, oh, we've been here. We know what to do. And it kind of what Clark is saying, and I need to do a way better job of this, of visualizing, rehearsing daily and more focusing on that being the work, because then the actual steps it takes to get there not that it's always sexy and never hard or whatever, but it kind of flows. You kind of know what to do. You're kind of led with what to do. You're kind of guided. And all of a sudden, it's not even about the day in, day out work. You just are in this 
kind of flow state of, I know where I'm going. I know what the end result is. I can see it in my mind. And you kind of just naturally are guided and know what to do day to day, the, the quote unquote day, day to day outward. Wait, you've done it enough to know it works. And so have I. I think the only thing that we need to get better at, and this is like, you know, the only thing we need to get better at, or at least me, is doing it more often, not doing it until I get something and then forgetting about what I did to get there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's doing it as a habit rather than doing it to achieve something, right? It has to just be a habit. It has to be like brushing my teeth yeah. every day for yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, so you talked about the story, right? And with with the with some trauma that we've had to go through, and this actually segues perfect because the best time I ever did this consciously, this whole rehearsing the end result thing, was for something absolutely impossible, and it was had to do with my daughter. So for the people that don't know, you know, when when my wife and I met, um, and we had our and we had our first child, and um, when she turned one, she started having seizures. Uh, well, a little bit before she turned one, she started having seizures. So, you know, when you have a kid, you're super excited about the potential of this life in front of you. And we're going to do this together and we're going to go. And like all of it was taken away because at the age of, you know, 11 months, you know, she, she I've still never heard a word come out of her mouth ever. Mm -hmm. And she's almost eight now. And so, you know, there's a lot of trauma around that you know that she was having up to 100 seizures a day no one could find any we do tests all the time genetic tests all different types of tests no one can find anything wrong but she can't develop normally and um she's basically you know operates she, she requires the same type of um hand she requires everything you would do for like a nine ten month old for an eight-year-old and has been doing it for eight years so that's diapers that's feeding, that's putting clothes on them, that's putting them to bed. So my point is this, um, that was traumatic going through that for these first three, four years, not knowing what's going on. Her life was at stake quite often, tons of hospitals. Every night was, we could lose her. And so like, I'm, not, I'm not trying to like make people feel bad for me. What I'm trying to do is paint the picture of what everyday trauma at home is like, where there's no relaxing ever. You live in a foxhole in your own house mm -hmm. where every day bombs could start going off and that's it. You're in an ambulance, like just like that. You know, it's a it's not a good way to live. Now, mm -hmm. that took a that took a huge blow on my confidence and my ability to manifest because everything we were prior just talking about was leading up to that. And then I got smacked in the face with how unfair life could be, how traumatic it could be. And how someone you love more than any, you know, I know how much you love your little girls, mm -hmm. which means you know how much I love my little girl. Mm -hmm. And to have to watch them suffer and not love their own life every day at such a young age when they should be blissful and they should have friends and they don't. And they should be able to talk to people and they can't. And they should be able to tell you they love you and they can't. And they sh should be able to tell you when they have a stomach ache and they can't, if they're hungry and they can't. If something's wrong and they can't, and they could just be tormented in their own mind, stuck. Mm. So that's life. And it still is. However, the point that's the breakthrough that gets to this quantum leap, which is probably the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life to prove what we're talking about was at the end of 2019, she was in her worst way. And I'm going to make this quick. So I just hit the point. She was in the worst way 
she was hospitalized. She couldn't walk anymore. She couldn't see well. She had glasses. She couldn't smile. It was really, really, the seizures were so strong that um, it was awful. And she's on 10,000 medicines. They didn't work. We couldn't find anything. Now, my wife and I, all of a sudden, even though we were, it was at its worst, my wife was in a, in just at the end of 2019 was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to figure this out. And I'm like, you know what? Let's figure We just decided, you know what? We're going to take all the pain and put it aside. And we're going to go, we're going to go jump for some impossible things. Because at this point, it's life and death. Mm-hmm. And so she started like researching instead of asking doctors for help. She started just looking into stuff, just random stuff, randomly was guided divinely by person to person to person to somebody who led her to something called a VNS device. And all of a sudden the doctor, oh yeah, that would work. They would implant it in her chest and it might stop seizures. I'm like, why didn't you tell us this two years ago? I have my thoughts on that, but they didn't. So my, so my wife finds it, we get the surgery. Then I do the same thing. It's the end of 2019. And it started to help a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back to what I know works, which is I'm going to get in my mind and I'm going to rehearse the end result. Like I did when I won that TV show, like I did for my band, like I did for every promotion in my business up until that point. And I'm like, I'm going to stop working with what's in front of me. And I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. every day. I'm going to meditate. And all I'm going to do in that meditation is see the life that I desire and feel it now because when you do the work you realize that that's what you have to do right like i told you when i was rehearsing the coming out on the stage i'm going to do that but for this and here's i just gave painted you what the life was like but here's what i saw it made no sense we were living in new york it was december it's snowing we're in a a a little townhouse on a busy road my wife worked every day i was stay-at-home dad to this child and uh, and she was in a wheelchair and couldn't walk or do anything, right? That was current life. Here's what I saw in my mind. And I didn't create it. I let the heart speak. So in the meditation, I would see, and I didn't create this. I didn't make this up. I didn't, it, it, it created itself in my heart. All of a sudden, what I would see in my mind, this happened for about three months straight. I would see the same thing. It was my wife and I, at like 11 in the morning having coffee on a sunny day. So clearly she's not at work. I don't know why. Um, we're having coffee, we're in our jams. It's There's palm trees outside. Shouldn't make sense because we lived in New York. We are like looking at beautiful foliage and flowers. And then we would turn around like this. And I, I see it because I would see it for three months so I could still see it perfectly. And I would turn like this and I would see my daughter running to us smiling but it's so funny because she couldn't get out of a wheelchair she had no glasses on which was weird because she was wearing glasses she was running to us and smiling i hadn't seen her smile in like a year and a half and and i'm like and i'm like and i would come out of this meditation and go this doesn't make any sense this is not reality Mm -hmm. so but i'm like i'm gonna go with it i would see it every day every day that was starting in December. I would see it. I saw the same thing in January, same thing in February. Now, what's really weird is in March, I qualified for 2020 the- now, March 2020. Uh, March 2020. World's about to shut down. World's about to shut down. Not my world. My world's about to get really good. Yeah. Um, because that's how powerful the quantum field is. It doesn't matter what's going on. Yeah. It matters what's going on in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
in March 2020, all of a sudden, I I uh, qualify for the top level in my network marketing business. World shuts down. I finish that. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me go back. December. I'm having these meditations. All of a sudden, at the end of December, I accidentally find somebody who works in uh, like uh, classified programs for the government and told me about stem cell therapies that would work for my daughter. And I'm like, what? First of all, I can't believe this person would even talk to me because he, he, he defected from these programs that have all this secret technology, talked to me and referred me to somebody. I called them. And in January, we do the stem cell treatment, which we couldn't afford because it was a lot of money, but money just showed up from people. We did the we did the program for her, and in 24 hours, she was walking. Wow. In two weeks, her seizures went from about every 60 seconds she was having something to every like three hours. So they they went from they had like an 85% decrease in two weeks. Cut to about a month later, she didn't need glasses anymore. She was walking, she was running, she was smiling, she was out of her wheelchair, and she was maybe having three or four seizures a month instead of six to seven a day. This is within three weeks after I started seeing these meditations in my head. And, wow. came, and it showed up. Then I qualified for the top promotion for my network marketing company in March. So this is January now with the... And then we finished that promotion. And then in June, with the world shutting down, we realized we had to leave New York for a lot of different reasons. And we asked, her parents moved to Naples, Florida. And I came down here to help them get settled, fell in love with it, immediately found a house. We moved July 1. And by the end of July, my wife and I were having coffee at 11 in the morning. And my daughter was running in, smiling, looking at flowers, at a big pool, tons of nice stuff to look at, not in a small little townhouse. And uh, I realized at that moment, everything I saw had absolutely come true in six months. Everything. And what's crazy is that she's still running around now. She's now in a wheelchair. She's gotten better and better. Um, well, she's like plateaued, but she's still... 90% different than before. My wife didn't work for three years. So she's, so she's been at home this entire time now. And uh, it's a testament to what you can create out of nothing. Cause that didn't make any sense when I saw that in December. Wow. I have had chills down my spine, like perpetually. I knew this story, but in this detail and in this just sequence, it's absolutely incredible i know matthew mcconaughey hates the word unbelievable but like almost unbelievable but it, it's a miracle I've seen it yeah it's a miracle I've, I've saw it unfold in your life and you know not firsthand but from afar and I, you know it's just absolutely incredible you you i'm just i, I want to say i'm i'm proud of you i respect you so much and i know you know gosh i just and I feel like I just like in this moment, right? I'm like, I feel like I love you. I'm like, I love you as a person and what you do and how you show up in the world and all the things you do and all the trauma and tragedy into triumph and different things. I know it's still hard and the human experience is hard. It's just a part of it. It's just, we all have our own different hard, but it's just absolutely incredible. I do want to ask something because for me, give the audience and me, give me and thus the audience 
the tool, the talk to me a little bit more about like how you really step into the visualization. So you woke up at 5 a.m. You yeah. would just get still and silent. Would it be guided? Would you put any sound on? Would you just sit there and just let your mind and heart go? Like, and okay. how would you see these things? So the how to. So uh, I, I had I had learned transcendental meditation. I have to put this out there. I learned how to do transcendental meditation in my early twenties. It made a huge impact on my life. My eyesight got better. I I it, it changed me completely because once again. With the addictive personality, I took it very seriously and I got very good at it, almost so good at it that I almost couldn't come back to my body once. And I had some contact with some weird things and I'm not, that's a whole other story for a whole other time, but I took it there and it was whatever. And, uh, you know, it's a whole UFO thing too. Um, so yeah. it, no, I'm serious. It, it went there, but the yeah. point is I already had a knowledge and experience with how to transcend. So someone who's never meditated before, it's going to be really hard to mm -hmm. let your brain quiet itself down. I was, I was, I had an advantage to the sense where I kind of was already kind of somewhat uh, practiced to that. Like someone who's been exercising for a long time, mm -hmm. kind of like that. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm not telling, I want to tell the people that, you know, just because I manifested crazy shit in six months doesn't mean that anyone can it just i'm not maybe it can I, it, yeah. but i do know one thing the more emotion you have the faster it shows up mm -hmm. so the more the more you feel really something the more the more it just like can like the more emotion that's thru, like thrusting through your body for this the the faster it works because because the mind is more like how you aim your thoughts are more like how you aim and the the emotion is more like the magnetic force. Yeah, the charge. Emotions are the magnet and the mind is the aiming. And you need to have both of them in sync. You can't just feel good all the time and get what you want. And you can't just think about what all you want and get what you want. You mm -hmm. have to direct both. Anyways, so the how-to. Um, I highly recommend Joe Dispenza, um, the book, um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, because there's a technique in there that works. What I did was I did my TM technique until I knew I transcended beyond thought. Uh, once, so I would maybe spend the first 10, 15 minutes of a meditation just getting to a place of absolute stillness where thoughts were basically non-existent and I was kind of separate. My sense of identity was separate from Clark, the body, mm -hmm. which is already not the easiest thing to do. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I would let... I would let my future show itself to me. So I didn't create it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to view it. And you're in receiving I, mode. I was in receiving mode. Correct. And, and the other thing is, you know, you're doing it right when it feels so real that when you open your eyes and come back, you are you almost feel like it was as real as this quote real world. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like you're like, oh, I'm closing my eyes and I'm doing this. No, no, no. It's got to feel so real that you almost convince yourself that that's real. Mm. Um, where that visualization is absolutely real. And it takes practice, guys. Mm -hmm. You can't do it for like two or three days and think you're going to get it. I mean, you got to give yourself like 60 to 90 days of getting into the habit of doing this. And then trust me, it gets easier and easier. Like one, one thing is like, go look in the mirror right now 
look at yourself and say, I'm a millionaire. I bet it feels weird, right? It feels weird. You've got to laugh. And that's because there's a dissonance between what you consciously want to believe and what your subconscious believes. But if, because that weirdness is what makes you feel squirmy, but I guarantee you that if you said it every day, it'll get more serious. It'll get less squirmy. And you'll convince yourself you believe it within a few weeks if you do it every day, multiple times a day. And I know what you and Sandy say multiple times a day that you're getting better and better and this and that. And I, mm-hmm. I bet convince yourself of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Affirmations. I love it. It's so it's it, yes, it comes back to that shifting identity. I love it. So basically for the intro people out there, because, you know, there's this concept of transcendental meditation, which Clark kind of mastered, just became obsessed with, focused on, learned it. Um, intro is reading Joe Dispenza's book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. There's great strategy in there. Literally, if you actually do the work in there, uh, that's that's in there. And then I know he is on YouTube, for example, the you have Joe Dispenza meditations where you can start to take the guided intro and start to work on it. But it's like anything. You want to get in really good shape. You've got to commit at least 90 days just even learning the basics before you start to see any results or eating healthy or in your business or in anything, right? So Give it some time. I, I love that. And so I want to segue actually into, because this is a passion of both of ours. We could literally talk for at least four hours and we have a few more Easily. topics to hit. And this is probably going to be an hour episode, but this is going to be a really popular one because your, your, your ability to tell story and like, we're, I'm just drawn over here. I'm just here and I know your story and I'm still so drawn into it. Um, I'm just amazed that through all that hardship and what most of us don't experience, your unique experience with your daughter, Olive, and and just all you did there, and you still were able to manifest the house and all the things and going to the top 1% of your company, your wife following suit after you guys both doing it's absolutely incredible. And there's so many things we're we're brushing over in amazing things, but you guys get the gist of it. Then what I've seen recently, this is a passion both of us have, we're both in the same network marketing company, we're both guys at, at the top of the company. And we are do it with our wives and we both love the concept of let's take the profits from this and invest it in real estate. Let's go buy assets. Let's go accumulate and multiply and have exponential growth in our assets, in our wealth. Let's take quantum leaps there. And then we realize, oh my gosh, like we can't do this all on our own. So talk to me about kind of your segue and your kind of recent from what I've seen outside looking in obsession with let me take everything I've done and learned and channel it into the real estate world. And how have you taken like quantum leaps there? Like just this underlying theme, talk to me about like your real estate game. It really does go hand in hand because what happened is in 2020, I told you what happened, right? I started doing these things. This everything came true. And that was in the middle of, that was July, 2020. Well, guess what? By October, 2020, just basically after we got settled here in Naples, I was like, you know, I've always wanted to be in real estate. It was the whole reason. It was my whole, quote, wealth plan yeah. that I was going to diversify asset uh, resources into. It was it was the whole plan forever. Um, and I'm like, I've always wanted to do it. And I'm like, I always feel like I'm not ready. I'm not yeah. ready. I need more money. I need more success now in order to make that happen. And so because I was just coming off of the reality of well, you know what? What do I have to wait for? I just literally proved to my English crazies. I didn't tell anyone about this. It's not like I was parading around saying I'm meditating every day and seeing this, what my daughter's doing. I didn't actually even hardly tell my wife because it, I didn't know if it was going to happen. And it just, um, I was just testing the universe to see, does this really work? 
Um, and I knew it did from plenty of other ways in my life that we didn't talk about, but I knew it did. But in this recent thing, I'm like, can it really help somebody? Like, can I really, because can I be honest? I knew you could manifest more money or a car or something stupid. But when it came to, can I get my daughter's health different? Like I always thought maybe she would have to manifest that for herself. Can I manifest her healing? Mm. Can, I, can I manifest her healing? Because she can't do it herself. And I didn't think that this would work for another human. I didn't think I could, I didn't think maybe I could manifest a car or something stupid. Yeah. But I'm like, can I get her out of a wheelchair? Could I fix her eyesight? Could I get her to stop having seizures? Like, I didn't believe that. So this was a test for me. It really was. And what's crazy is it works. Mm -hmm. It works for anything. Even things that feel impossible like that felt impossible. Yeah. So and real quick on that, Clark, before you go on, and you probably know this and tell me if, if this is a good recommendation. You guys, if you're thinking, wow, he, the healing process for me or for a family member or someone, and I'm not trying to say anything works for sure or anything, but the documentary Heal, I've seen it, is kind of everything we're talking about. And Joe Dispenza is in that. And it's the power of changing your mind and your cells. And some of you guys are going to just going to write us off here. And that's fine. It's your belief system is whatever you want. But I would watch if you, if you are looking to help heal yourself or someone in your life, watch the documentary Heal. It's an hour or so, hour and a half maybe. And it's the, everything Clark is talking about. It's it's epic. And here's the thing, whether you want to believe it or not, you're going to be right. And that's why it's true because you get what you believe. Yes. So it's like, if you don't believe it, cool. Guess what? That your experience will be proven correct. And if you do believe your experience will be proven correct. So yeah. it's cool. The universe makes room for everyone to be right. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. You can be right about not believing me and I can be right about believing me. Cool. Yeah. So back to that. So here's July and all these things had come true. And I was kind of in this state of, I can't believe, I cannot believe this. Like I really couldn't. I was so blissed out that I'm like, wow, we're so much more powerful than we think. So back to the real estate, I'm like, okay, well, I've always wanted to be in real estate. What am I waiting for? What am I waiting? Like, I just, if I can help, if I could somehow just through my thoughts on a daily basis, and my emotions contribute to my daughter's miraculous, you know, uh, I don't want to say healing because she's still got her issues, but you know what I mean? Help towards that. What, why is real estate a problem? So I'm like, let me just, let me just do this. So it was October, 2020. And I'm like, I started learning about it. Now I didn't have good credit. I didn't have good money. I didn't have like hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting around. I didn't have any money sitting around because uh, like most people, I changed my lifestyle with my income like mm -hmm. an idiot. Okay. Like a true idiot. So because of that, Same. Same. a true idiot, absolute moron. Yeah. But here's the thing, that doesn't matter. So I'm like, let me, I'm, there's got to be a way to do this right now with absolutely nothing, with no experience, with no money, with no credit, with nothing. There's got to be a way. Well, I, I, it took about six months to just dig, 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 learn, 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 obsess, obsess, obsess. That's the key to all of it, obsess. And then in February, I bought my first flip out of state. And how did I buy it? Right. I'm sure that's the first question. I didn't buy it. I use hard money. Hard money is a great place where you can, uh, people will fund real estate deals where, um, like for flips, for example, they qualify the deal more than they qualify you. Right. If the deal works and like, you know, you're getting it at a good enough price, you know, you can sell it for a profit, you know, the work doesn't take, they will qualify all of it. So they don't take your word for it. They will go check on it. And then if it works out, they'll fund it. 
for the most part. So I only had a little bit I had to come up with out of pocket, borrowed it from someone else. The reason I was able to borrow it from someone else is because I leveraged the hard money lender. I said, well, look, the hard money lender is going to do the deal. That shows that I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So they were so that private person was willing to give me the money. So guys, if you're going to get started and use hard money lender and you need to have a little bit of money yourself that you don't have, use the hard money lender because they're going to basically double. It's like basically having the teacher double check your homework and saying, yep. no, absolutely right. And now that private lender is more likely to take a chance on you, that private person, that your uncle or somebody that's got some cash sitting around, because the bank's the bank believes in you. I also want to empower Clark. Put in a hundred hours of studying, researching, networking, talking to people, maybe looking at deals. Like he wasn't just like, oh, if you hear this and you're like, I'm going to invest in real estate. Let me just find something on Zillow and hit up a hard money lender. Like, no, no, you, it's hundreds of hours. It's looking at countless deals before you go execute. It's still getting the reps in the rehearsal and then being like, okay, I'm bringing the deal. And it's actually a good deal. And the hard money lenders like, yeah. it's, this is actually a good deal. Because if and you start to learn what you're talking about first, you realize yeah. that you you need, you need have to know the deal is going to work before you pull any triggers. Mm-hmm. And so so you don't just find a house and say, I'll figure it out. No, 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 no. Uh, not, not until you really know what you're doing. Okay, so that was the first one. Failed. So you got one, okay. And this so that is was the first one. 2021. 2020. 2020. Or 2021, February 2021. Got started. Now we talk about quantum leaps. Okay, let, I'll make it quick. 2021, I got the first one. Uh, within two months of getting that one started, I didn't. That one ended up being an epic failure. But before I knew it was a failure, I jumped into a second one. Hey, <laughs> and talk about quantum leaps. It's called jump, and the net will appear. I felt confident, and so it jumped into a second one. Why not? I'm using hard money. Who cares? Let's just do this. Well. So, so in, within two months of actually pulling a trigger on the first one, I had two. The first one ended up not doing well, but the second one, um, and these took all year. So it took me all of 2021 to do two projects. Okay. <laughs> Freaking nightmare. Um, and guys, it's going to be a nightmare your first time doing it. Like, you know, it's a it's learn- almost learning experience. And if you make money at, at, at icing on the cake, it's just like the learning in the marketplace is actually doing the work, getting your reps in like learning so you can go actually make money doing yeah. it. So the first one we lost, like, I think like 20,000 um, that we ended up paying back, but needed to pay back. So we were actually under 20. So that's not a good story. Mm-hmm. But the second one, we after we paid everything back made 100k profit so we bought it for 240 and sold it for 510 wow amazing and that was because it was the height of the real estate so i got lucky it was the height of the real estate craze at the end of 2021 right so i got lucky with that one um so so one flip was extremely successful and one was an absolute nightmare the successful one was local to me the nightmare was in another state so now i told myself well if i'm ever going to flip again it's going to be by me so i can have my hand not physically do it. I I don't know what to do with a hammer, let alone anything else. But but at least I can like be there and like physically hold people accountable. So that was the first one. And then I was like, because we're talking about quantum leaps. Well, I'm like, I'm not going to do two flips a year. This is so stressful, so much work. The taxes are stupid. This is not the way I want to do real estate business. I want rentals. I want mailbox money. I want tenants paying off my asset while I get paid extra every single month. Mm-hmm. So I, once again, obsessed, 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 obsessed for the first half of 2022. So now it's like 
that's another year later. It's 2022, January through April, May. I'm like, there's got to be a way to buy rentals. I only have a little bit of money, you know, from this flip. Um, what am I going to do? Well, I learned about Section 8. I found a strategy where you can buy houses that are relatively cheap in areas that the government will pay you a lot for. They don't exist everywhere. But if you know where to look, you can find houses that are cheap, that are absolutely turnkey, that are not in prime areas, not cheap because they're gross, cheap because it's just the market isn't whatever. Fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 for a house, it's turnkey, three, four bedrooms, whatever. But Section 8 will pay you $1,400 a month. So you have a mortgage of like $350, $450, but you can $1,400 a month in rent. Well, that ROI is stupid. So you imagine what you could do with a hundred grand. So my average person bought, spends a hundred grand on a $500,000 house or a hundred grand on a $400,000 house, and they make six, $700 a month in profit. I could spend a hundred thousand dollars on six houses that are like $50,000 each ish and make $7,000 a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Because Finally. the ROI is so much more and it's guaranteed by the government. So you don't have as much turnover. You can raise your rents every year without the tenant being kicked out. Because because imagine if you're raising rents, the tenants are going to be like, I can't afford it anywhere. Well, guess what? They're not paying it anyway. Mm -hmm. They have free housing. The government yeah. and uh, banks love it. So the point is, is that I'm like, cool, I spent the first six months obsessing about um, that in 2022. And then I'm like, I started. So I spent all my money on my first Section 8 rental. And then I, I figured it out, got through the, the bumps in the road. And then I started borrowing money to do this because the ROI is so good that I learned a strategy where I could partner with people that have cash that don't know what they're doing and don't want to figure out what they're doing, but they want a better return than the market. So I go, cool, partner with me. We'll use your money. We'll buy these six, seven houses. We'll buy 11 houses, whatever. So in the first, so between June and December of 2022, so in six months, I bought 20 rental houses. Mm. Talk about a quantum leap from in, in your first six months of buying rentals, bought 20 houses without $1 of my own money. Well, actually, I'm sorry. I used my money for one house and yeah. that money is from the flip that yep. we succeeded on. Now, so, so you want to talk about quantum leaps. People always wonder, oh, how do you build a big portfolio? You just do it. You just jump in and figure it out. Um, and learn from people that have done it because I'm not the only one. I, I would love to take credit for this strategy. It's not my strategy. I'm copying people that do this. Yeah. Going their, their way. Success leaves clues. And, you know, I'm in real estate as well. And we, we kind of have different routes. But what I realized it coming back to success leaves clues, I just started reading the books, all the books on wealth. How do you build wealth? I'm like, wow, I got to stack assets. Wow, I got to. Real estate is a great asset. It's gonna grow. There's, you know, there's so much opportunity there. There's great tax benefits, cash flow, rental real estate, whatever it is, mailbox money, passive income, all the things. And so my background was finance. I didn't learn about building wealth in, when I got my master's degree in finance. I I then went and worked for a five hundred million dollar credit fund. I learned a lot about investing and money and certain things, but not how to build personal wealth, not how to invest myself. But it gave me great creative deal structure, understanding how to raise funds, understanding what investors are looking for and all these things. And so when I you know, started to make profits in our network marketing business and I had some, some of my own capital, I'm like, all right, I got to put this to work. I don't want this sitting around in a savings account. Like it's losing money. So like, all right, let's go. Let me team up too. Let me partner with people smarter than me. One of my best friends is a CPA. Other is a lawyer. I'm like, hey, I'll be finance. 
I'll run the models. I'll look at the investment. You get the taxes. You make sure it's all paper and structured legally. Like, let's do this together. Bring on some partners and just that kind of same thing. I did have a lot of background experience in, in investments, but I had to go hit the, the pavement and go put a hundred plus hours in learning real estate, the podcast, the books, talking to people, looking at deals. And then was like, you know what, where I started actually was turnkey rental property investing. I'm like, these returns are pretty damn solid, like 15, 18%, like annually, I get the mortgages paying down, like I get tax benefits and they're going to manage it, do it, find the deal, show it to me. I just put the capital in these are like hundred thousand dollar properties in Alabama is where I start ripped off three of those real quick. Cause it's pretty easy. Almost anyone could do it. You kind of, kind of got to know what you're doing. And then I was like, wait, what else can I do? And then kind of same thing, quantum leap all within the same year. I'm like, oh, there's an 18 unit. I just found through the grapevine through my network and it's being sold. Let me look at it with my investment background and knowledge. I'm like, boom, all right, this 18 unit negotiated a great deal on it, brought in some other partners because they were like, hey, I want to invest in real estate. I have some money. I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh, I do. Here you go. We're going to do this together. So same time thing as Clark. And then I was like, wait, let me get one of these Airbnbs. These, these percentages are much better. And there's some tax benefits and whatever. Rip off an Airbnb. And so I now have five rental properties. One's an Airbnb. One's a commercial, technically 18 unit apartment building. And three or four, I don't even remember how many are single family homes. And now it's just this machine and it's cash flowing and it's growing. And of course the timing was going well, but no matter when you buy 10 years from now, it's going to be more valuable, right? And that's just real estate. And especially if you have someone in it paying off the mortgage, paying down your asset, and even better if there's some cash flow on top of it. I'm like, this is kind of like get rich slow. Let me take some things and let me start to, but I can get rich. No, I don't want to say get rich fast. I'm going to accumulate assets as much as I want because I my capital can only go so far. But what if I could help other people make money? Everyone wants mailbox money and passive income. And I was like, whoa. There's something here. So something Clark and I have been talking about recently, we're looking at these deals and we're like, all right, we can't go buy a $1.82 million 40 unit apartment building with our own money. I wish I could, but it's like, wait a second. Other people want this, what it has to offer the returns. And we started thinking like, wow, we can help people. So that's kind of now how we're taking that exponential quantum leap in our real estate portfolios. Like, Let's help other people. And in doing so, we'll, you know, we'll be successful as a result. And so I know there's a few deals we're looking at. We won't get into specifics, but we were like, whoa, we could probably go raise, I don't know, half a million dollars. And we could go buy a 40 unit apartment building, fix it up, you know, improve it, appreciate, force appreciation, all the things. Let's partner with some people. I wish I actually had a half a mil sitting in the bank cash to be like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll pull it down, Clark. But don't have it quite quite yet. And so we were talking about bringing on other partners and bringing on other people. Yeah, we got a juicy one right now. I got yeah. I got a juicy off-market one right now that you and I have been talking about. So it's literally, it's perfect. And yeah. uh, it's kind of cool that once you get in the groove of these, you start attracting better and better deals. Every single one I get, next, next one's better, the next one's better, the next one's better, the next one's better. So um yeah, I, I yeah, but like I said, I know as as you know, because we were talking offline about this, we have a we have a juicy one right yeah. now. Yeah, I like the word juicy because juicy. I just like squeezing it. I love it. Well, you know, we we won't we won't go into too much detail on that. That can be separate. I'll drop something in the show notes actually, because I know a lot of people ask me, I know a lot of people ask you, Clark, hey, how can I get involved? How can I partner with you in real estate? We'll drop something in the show notes if you're interested 
we can connect from there. But you know, that's something actually we'd probably look at now. Just spitballing here, probably twenty five thousand minimum investment. Come in, get some real estate returns, get your money to work for you. And that is the cool thing is we do the work, we raise the funds, we do all the things, we do all the setup. It's kind of what it ends up being is kind of that mailbox money and there's you know nothing's guaranteed etc cetera, etc cetera, all the compliance but yeah, this but is just the part exit, of the exit in five years is going to be really nice too i mean it, the, it's going to be great it's, it's going to be and that's something right where it's five years exit and it's going to be you know what we aim to do is make sure that it's a better it's going to be look you know you're doing it right when you have a deal that's set up where the returns are much better than you can get in the market so yep. we want to be a favorable place for people to put their money because it, clearly it's not going to work for you in a savings account. Yeah. And if you don't have the expertise and the knowledge and the contacts and the team and, and everything set up to do it yourself, because it is a full-time job, believe it or not, then the yep. next best thing is to be a partner in another deal. Yeah. And what's okay. really it's such a great way to start too, because you start to learn a little bit about the ins and outs and returns and everything and you know, some tax benefits and certain things. But it that that's what to do. I mean, if I could start over, I would just latch myself to someone doing it and just be like, oh, here, let me just do it alongside you and partner with you and I'll put some money in and just I'll, let me see the deal and whatever. So yeah, you know what? I'll drop like something in the show notes where people, if you're interested in investing in real estate and partnering with Clark and I, we'll we'll uh We'll go from there, but yeah, we got to, yeah, really we can talk about it and kind of go over some of the deeds. Yeah. We, we got a good one right now. We're excited about and that, it. Is yeah, juicy. Why, why not juicy. open it up to the, to our audiences, uh, to the getting magnetic audience. All right, Clark, we we both probably got to run. We both have families that need us. This is borderline impossible, but I already know you and you've proven that the impossible can be, impo can be possible. Touch on very high level for me and for people everything that's been happening with ufos and how it could lead to like quantum leaps in our world today and anything you want to share in like yeah. five minutes i i don't know how you're going to do it but you're going to try your best that's actually quite a challenge so for people that don't know my my biggest passion in terms of just my inquisitive passion is is the ufo field for people that immediately smile and snicker uh you got to catch up to consensus reality the absolute thing that you just need to take a second to really let me tell you is it's 100% real. And if you don't believe me, it's only because you're not paying attention. You can, if, if you start doing any type of digging, I've, it's been real since the 30s and 40s. And it was very public. And they actually, the government even announced it was real in 47. And then they took it away because they couldn't figure it out. And this was right after World War II. There was a Cold War. They just out. buried it. They, they buried, buried it. it for two reasons. And this is proven. Anyone who does the homework will find this. But they buried it because it was so unbelievable. And we just got out of World War II. Yeah. That they they didn't know what to do. I mean, it was so far. Look, it was so far advanced then. It's so far advanced now. Yeah. That they couldn't. They go, look, look, look. We're responsible for protecting our people. And we have no ability to even figure out who, who these quote people are, if you want to call them people. We don't know who they are, where they're from, and how their technology is this good. So they start out being transparent by saying, we captured a flying saucer, it's for real. And then they're like, no, 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 put the clamp down. And then there were, there were, there were uh, UFOs flying over DC in 1452. It was all over the papers. So now they, they said, okay, we're going to do a, an investigation on this called Black Project Blue Book. 
And there's two sides of Project Blue Book. The public side, which was really just to get people to, because this was a big public thing back in those days, 50s and 60s. It says, we got to get, we got to convince the people we're working on this. Um, but the flip side of the coin is that they then said, look, we're really, what we're going to do to the people is we're going to use the CIA because the CIA was created in 47 as an offset of the UFO phenomena. They created the CIA because of the UFO phenomena. Okay. And they started putting out, and you can find the actual document for this because it's been declassified, that they created the term conspiracy theorist and they created ridicule and started paying um, newspapers and eventually uh, major news publications and, and um, like MSNBC and see like big stations, they ended up paying them to create ridicule around the subject, not because they're trying to be sneaky and bad, but because what they're really trying to do is um, get people, what they're really trying to do is get people to not think about it because they couldn't figure out what it was. So I have two minutes left, but the point is, is the reason why there's ridicule around it for decades is because it was created by the government and the intelligence agencies because what they're really trying to do is figure out what the hell is going on. And right. since then, we've learned a lot. And now it's starting to come out. So in 2017, they released an article in the New York Times saying UFOs are real, the government admits it, there's been a program that's been studying it. Now, they didn't say who they are, where they are, and what they're from. So because of stigma, so people are probably, oh, it's from China, it's from Russia, it's secret tech, it's this and that. It's true. Some of them are. Mm -hmm. Because we've been we've actually been collecting these things. They've been crashing. We've been getting some from them landed. We've been getting them and trying to reverse engineer them for decades, but they're just so advanced. Imagine putting, imagine putting a Tesla car, drop that bot back, drop, drop a Tesla car back in the wagon train days. <laughs> <laughs> eventually they'll poke at it and prod at it and they'll eventually learn how to drive it and be pretty good at driving it. But they wouldn't be able to create a plastic fender. They didn't even know plastic. They couldn't have created the plastic fender, let alone the, the propulsion. So they, they couldn't, that's kind of like us with this. It's borderline magic to us. It's so advanced um, that we can't create it. So it's secret for two reasons. It's secret for a lot of reasons. One, it's not because they don't think we can handle it. It's because the technology is so powerful that if it was public, people wouldn't need utilities, they wouldn't need anything, and it could you could have weapons way more powerful than nuclear bombs. And so they're a little nervous about that being public. That's one. Two, whoever has this technology wins. They want to be able to reverse engineer it before they release it because then we can maintain an advantage in the world. Um, so it is a very real thing. And... Uh, Give me in the last one minute here and we'll wrap up because yeah. this is a conversation we've had high level, but on that kind of quantum theme, how oh, can this UFOs, whatever, extraterrestrial, whatever, how can it actually expand humanity? So you're touching on the reason why it's coming out. And the main reason why it's coming out now is because yes, it is non-human. They call it non-human intelligence, not aliens. It's non-human intelligence. We don't really know where they're all from. That's not the point. The point is they're releasing it because we're in such a terrible place in the world right now. We're, we have a very big threat of nuclear war. Uh, the, the world's falling apart, the economy, the energy crisis, the climate crisis, everything is absolutely falling apart. And so they're releasing the non-human intelligence reality now slowly because 
the, the consensus is from people in the Pentagon that if people realized that we weren't alone and that there is a non-human intelligence here, we might stop looking at China, Russia, you know, Ukrainian, whoever, as you're black, you're white, you're this. No, you're human. You're human. I'm human. You're human. And then there's brothers and sisters potentially from somewhere else that are conscious. They're not human, but they're conscious just like you and me. And we could learn so much. We could have an energy renaissance, a technological, a technological renaissance, a cultural renaissance. We could have a because guys, the reason why the world's falling apart is because we're not growing. We're in this bubble called Earth and we're fighting each other and mm -hmm. creating havoc because we stopped looking up. We stopped mm -hmm. striving. And if we were realized there is non-human intelligence here, it would shift people's mindset into being like, what? And start thinking more along the lines of like, how could we go there? How could we be like them? What could we do differently? How could we? It would just shift everyone's paradigm. It's a paradigm shifting oh. moment. And it would change the world where we would maybe stop focusing on the Kardashians and stop. And I'm dead serious. No offense to them. But yeah, that yeah. would not be the focus where people are like, like the world is in a lazy Netflix, Netflix slump where they're just scrolling like this on a global scale because there's nothing that's exciting anymore. Yeah. And then NASA, when we went to the moon, was the last time. This is where it came from. When Kennedy said we're going to the moon, there was thousands of inventions thousands of jobs huge push globally to get to the moon right unfortunately we were told to leave by them but the point is is that it it changed the world because we were going for something bigger we were it, it, oh, inspired to grow together as a planet this topic would do that and i think we need it i think they think we need it now more than ever so even mm -hmm. though it's a secret and we don't have it totally figured out yet and we don't have all the answers for everybody i think just acknowledging that there is a non-human intelligence here there is different technology here and we've been dealing with it for a while is going to shake up the world enough to where we might stop maybe pulling triggers at each other and start figuring how can we like link up and really think about what we're learning here and that's that is happening right now and our kids the last thing i'll say is the way that you and i grew up in a world where we take these cell phones for granted and my parents grew up in a whole world where these things where our cell phones never even existed our kids are going to grow up in a world where non-human intelligence is taken for granted that, that just knowing that humans aren't the pinnacle of everything um it's just they're just gonna be like yeah so what where for us it's gonna be whoa but for them they're gonna be like yeah okay there's others Whatever. yeah dude this whole conversation and i knew it would i actually visualized this conversation before it actually came to manifest and happened. And it pretty much, this is kind of, this is it. And so it's so profound in just so many different ways, but one, your story, two, the ability to, to manifest, to bring things to life, three, all the different things, you know, the underlying theme kind of whatever you get obsessed with, you will bring into your life, good or bad or anything in between. And then I love touching on and teasing on this very end topic of, Where's humanity going? Are okay, UFOs are real. It's not even a thing like a debate anymore. It's just they are real. You're ignorant if you if you don't believe that. I haven't spent much time researching it. Clark has spent is probably one of the top thought leaders, like in the world, top 10, maybe top hundred. I don't know. But it's crazy also of where are we going? Like, where are we going with it? And it's just, brother, I appreciate you 
how you show up in the world, all that you are, our relationship. I look forward to seeing you next whenever that is. Thank you for, for just hanging with me. And thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure and a blast. And I love you more than everything. And I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes. And best place to connect with you is it Instagram or where were people Instagram, like Instagram, baby. Instagram. Yeah. All right. I'll drop your, your, your link in the show notes. We'll drop a link if you're interested in partnering on real estate and we'll go from there. All right, brother. Have a great rest of your day. Tell the family I said hello. Thanks, Wade. Have a good one. Bye. Peace. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic. 